The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Nobody Told Me. I'm Laura Owens. And I'm Jan Black. You may not realize it, but the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves have a big impact on the way we lead our lives and whether we're able to make changes in our lives. So how can we recognize those self-stories and take control of them so they don't prevent us from accomplishing our goals? Our guest on this episode is best-selling author Kendra Hall, who is Success Magazine's Chief Storytelling Officer and the author of the new book, Choose Your Story, Change Your Life, Silence Your Inner Critic, and rewrite your life from the inside out. Kendra, thank you so much for joining us. Jan, Laura, thank you so much for having me. Happy to be here. Your book really resonates with us. One thing that that hit me is the fact that you say that each day, all day, we are whispering a near steady stream of self stories into our ears. Explain more about that. You know, we uh, it's it's this process that our bodies, our makeups has automated over the course of since, well, many, many years, the beginning of mankind, right? We use stories outwardly, of course, to communicate pertinent information, to make points more compellingly. Uh, But the inner storyteller was also created to keep us safe to um, make sure that we weren't stepping out of line or it really taught us who it was okay to be by replaying experiences, events, stories back to us. But of course, this isn't this is something that is developed as kind of like your, you know, your wisdom teeth. They take them out because we don't really need them anymore, right? We, our bodies have automated these stories. So we and our brains have automated these stories. So we don't have to think about them. They just play. Now that seems really efficient um, and like a positive thing. However, this automation is often negative. Uh, There are stories designed to keep us safe, designed to keep us stuck. And that's where we really run into a problem. Why is it that it's so hard to shed an old storyline when some event may have happened so long ago and we're not even remembering it accurately? I know. It doesn't serve us, right? Well, part of the, exactly. and And the serving us is, is key. And part of the reason is simply because stories makeup is it it makes it more compelling, makes it stickier, makes it more memorable. A story has emotion. There are vivid details. We can remember that place in time. I was actually just talking to someone earlier today and it was crazy to me that I could remember 
instances um, from my elementary school, like an assignment that I handed in late in fourth grade and an assignment that I handed in late in fifth grade and one that I handed in late in eighth grade. I literally remember the notes my parents had to write to the teachers. I remember the feedback I got from my teachers. I can remember them so clearly. And I use each one of those because they were they were emotional. They were intense at the time. Our brain grabs onto those, stores it for future reference to explain to me who I am. And so who that explains, who I'm explaining myself to be to myself is a person who can't manage time. Um, I'm committed to excellence, yes, but it means that I make a project too big and it won't be done in time. Now, that those are stories from element, those are decades old. There have been many, many other stories in my adult life where I did exactly what I needed to do and exactly the amount of time I needed to do it. And it was also excellent. But why? Why does my brain pay more attention to those, the the stories from my youth? And I think because A, they've had more time to play and replay. B, they were extremely emotional. And C, again, it has that negative aspect to it where they can be served as a warning instead of a, hey, go for it. You've got this. Don't worry about it. You've got everything under control. The inner critic would rather have you worry. So how do we identify what stories are really playing in the back of our minds and impacting who we are and who we want to be? It starts first with the easiest way to look at it when you're first getting started is to identify maybe a limiting belief that you have, um, something that you believe about yourself, that you say to yourself. And again, that might also be subconsciously. Now, so to figure that out, I recommend that people find opportunities in their day. This is really about making the subconscious conscious. So we're aware of it. Find opportunities throughout your day if you are suspicious that this is something you're struggling with to pause the automation, to stop and say, what story am I telling myself right now so that you can have the awareness? That's how I realized that this time story was still haunting me because it was in the shower one day. I got out of the shower and was about to start my day at work. And I said, what story am I telling myself right now? And it was, I can't get it all done. I won't get it all done. It's never going to get all done. I don't have enough time to get it all done. Um, So it starts there with figuring out those limiting beliefs. And then you go deeper under the surface to say, okay, so where a belief isn't there just randomly, it comes from somewhere. And that somewhere are the stories. So that's when you start looking back across your life and finding those moments that have led you to believe this about yourself. And whether it's true or not, it really isn't the point. It comes back to what you said. It's whether or not that belief serves you. And it's those daily distinctions that make all the difference. I, I love your example of saying losing sleep versus gaining time. And mm. someone might hear that and say potato, potato, but you'd <laughs> say that they're wrong. Tell us why yeah. there's such a big difference. It matters how you feel about things. That matters. So if constantly saying it to yourself, so the the story in the book is a friend of mine who was so worried because she woke up so early in the morning. She always woke up so early in the morning. She would wake up at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. And she was very stressed out about how early she woke up in the morning. I'm like, but do you, first, let's go to your body. Do you feel tired? She's like, no, I just... I mean, not any more tired than, you know, a middle-aged woman raising two 
children, you know, the normal tiredness that comes, that's fine. And I said, what if, but, but she was using all these stories of people and what time they wake up and what time you quote unquote should wake up. So it was making her feel really bad about the time she was waking up. And again, this is so simple, but if this is something you're saying to yourself every single morning you awake, that's not a great way to start the day. Um, so instead, taking a look at the story a different way. And that different way was, wow, I wake up at four in the morning. I have two extra hours in my day than anyone else has. And what a beautiful thing that is. Look at what I can do with these two extra hours. And so one of the things I actually recommended she do was take a look at people who wake up early in the morning. There's a plenty of, there are plenty of stories out there written and, you know, different magazines or online um, articles about the early risers, adopt some of those stories as your own until you start building new stories for yourself that say, ah, I wake up at 4 a.m. and I get two extra hours in my day. We thank you for being part of our Nobody Told Me family of listeners. You know, we always try to tell you about things that will help improve your life. And our sponsor, ZocDoc, is one of those things. ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. They treat almost every condition under the sun. You know, it's frustrating to go to a doctor's appointment expecting to be able to fully explain your symptoms, condition, and worries only to find that the doctor wants to hurry you out of their office. Instead of listening to you intently, the doctor is checking the clock. But on ZocDoc, you'll find quality doctors who focus on you, listen to you, and prioritize your care. I've used ZocDoc several times to find doctors, and I have never been disappointed. I love how ZocDoc lets you check a doctor's availability and book an appointment as soon as the same day if there's an opening. Thousands of doctors and medical professionals on ZocDoc are there to help you. ZocDoc helps you find the ones that specialize in the care you need and deliver the type of experience you want. When you're not feeling your best and just trying to hold it together, finding great care shouldn't take up your energy. And that's where ZocDoc comes in. Using their free app that millions of users rely on, you can find the right doctor that meets your needs and fits your schedule. Book an appointment with a few taps in their app and start feeling better faster with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com NTM and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z. D-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash N-T-M. ZocDoc dot com slash N-T-M. If you have a symptom that you'd really like to get checked out, don't put it off anymore. Just go to ZocDoc dot com slash N-T-M and download the ZocDoc app for free.
you talk about something you call UFEs, unidentified flying emotions. <laughs> what are they and what should we know about them? Love that. <laughs> it's so funny. Do you know that that in one of the versions that was like taken, like that was like taken out, like edited out. And I was like, um, no, I feel very strongly about these UFEs. Um, UFEs are unidentified flying emotions. And they're just those things, you know, when you have that, Maybe you uh, read an email or you see a headline or you hear a passing comment and and you, it's not you don't necessarily even realize that you've seen it or taken it in or maybe you have, but you're just not really sure why, but you have that emotional response. You know what I'm talking about, right? And then you're like, wait, what was I upset about or why was I upset about this? Something was bothering me yeah. um, or, you know, you're in a situation and and you're trying to make a decision, but there's just this nagging feeling and you can't figure out what it is. That's an unidentified flying emotion. And that is definitely a red flag that there's probably a story there. And then all you have to do is look at, look at back and say, what, what story is triggering me right here that is making me feel a certain way that I don't really understand. And just a little bit of digging into that will reveal the story and either influence your decision or at least give you some comfort of, oh, okay, that's why I feel that way. We can also replace some of our bad thoughts, our bad stories with someone else's. And I specifically just loved how you talk about the founder of ClassPass and the story she now tells herself about change and the unknown because change mm -hmm. has been a really hard thing for me over the years. And I thought, you know what? I want to, I want to take something from her story. I want that to be mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I in I discuss a variety of different strategies for choosing better stories. You you have a whole you have a whole arsenal of options at your fingertips and finding one that works for you in this situation. Maybe you use this strategy for a different situation. But yes, one of them is to rely on other people's stories as a motivator when you need a better story to to move you forward, to borrow someone else's. So Pyle Kadakia, yes, she was the founder of ClassPass. And she has this story of the day she quit her very powerful, you know, very excellent job, like the kind of job you go to school to get. Um, and she walked in the doors and was terrified because she was going to quit that day. And the feeling of uncertainty and, and questioning herself. And, you know, there was mixed responses from her coworkers. But one of the top people in the company called her up um, to his office, asked her what it was that she was starting because she was starting a company that eventually became ClassPass. Um, and she walked out of his office that day with a check, an investment. And so... She left the building. She realized it was just this moment that, wow, you can walk in the doors one morning and feel like life is about to fall apart and walk out later that afternoon feeling like this is exactly the right thing I was supposed to do. And so her story, yes. Yeah, so anytime now you're in that moment and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I should make this move. You can think back to her story and say, you know what? I'm, that's the point that I'm at right now. I'm standing outside the door about to walk in, make this big choice. And who knows? It could be that by later this afternoon, I'm walking out with a check in my hand and feeling pretty good about myself. Yeah, and I love the way you urge people to ask themselves, 
what would my life be like if this particular self story were gone? And mm. I think sometimes aren't we afraid to even envision that because we're thinking like, oh, well, that could never happen to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, our, again, on their very basic level, our self stories are designed to keep us safe. And in some situations, that is a bad thing because if we want to progress, if if we want if we want new things, experiences um, to achieve new levels of our own actualization, that requires um, taking a risk and stepping outside of safety. However, safety is also in many ways a good thing. Like we we have it's comfortable, right? So, so it can be something that's a, a complete drag and it can also be something that's like, oh, I feel comfortable here. And, you know, kind of like your, your bed in the morning when it's, I mean, today when we're recording this, it's like 12 degrees in New York city. Like, I don't want to get out of my bed. It's warm there. <laughs> right. Right. You know? And so, but then there is the question of, do I want what's outside of my bed more than I want staying warm and cozy. Um, And the answer, and here's where I think it's really important that you be honest with yourself. The answer may be no. I mean, I once was talking to a friend of mine and he had all of these great, like he had so many talents and he could just, he could have started his own company and done the whole, like he could have built an entire empire with the talents that he had. Now, of course, that isn't without work and sacrifice. Um, And at the time we spoke, he had a really, he had a great job that he enjoyed going to. And he especially enjoyed coming home from and leaving at the office. And I said to him, I was trying to paint this picture of all the things he could do with his talents. You know, I was on my own entrepreneur high at the time. I had just quit my job. And he looked at me and said, I like being a cog in the machine. This is what I want right now for my life. And so I will admit to that I have forgotten the original question. However, I will say that knowing that this is all about choosing stories that serve you, that are moving you towards more of what you want and away from what you don't want. And sometimes the most important thing to do is is to ask yourself, wait, do I want what I have right now? And if you want what you have, then, then check that off. Like you get, you get to keep that right now, stay in the bed, be the, you know, it's when you start thinking, wait, I think I want something else, something more. That's when those comfortable stories are going to need some work. Some of the best times in my life have been with people who are now dead. And I find it really hard to figure out the right story to tell myself because like, I want to think back on the event, but then I think about the person and think about how much I miss them. And I'm I'm Mm -hmm. sure I'm not the only one who thinks this. So how can we tell ourselves a healthy story about that person while still having a healthy attitude about grief? Yeah. I think that, uh, Grief and loss is a really important aspect to self-storytelling. And the first thing that I would say is, you know, give yourself time and space. Self-storytelling is an intense process. Like it's it's introspective. You're going to discover things that you didn't (laughs) know you were going to discover. And if you're already in a very vulnerable place, I would say give it time. However... If you are at a point where 
as you mentioned, you have a desire to remember and and retell yourself some of these stories, um, even though you know they might come with pain and grief. What I would suggest is starting very, very small and being very, don't, don't have the stories, the memories of, and the experiences with that person. Don't try to see them in their, in their whole fullness and the vividness that they, that they were when you were with that person or when that person was alive, but rather go small to the, um, like there was this memory with that person and it was good and just start and not like, Oh, you know, don't try like go, go small for exactly at its most base level. What that story was, this was something that came up as, um, I was working on the relationships chapter of the book. And um, while the woman, uh, there was a, a woman and while her partner was still alive, she was very much grieving the loss of their relationship that they had broken up and she was devastated. <clears throat> and she was really, she was at the point where she was ready to choose stories that would lead her on a, in a positive direction in her relationships. And of course, over time, loving herself more. The challenge was any of the stories that she was trying to choose to remind herself of what that real love exists, what it feels like to be valued, worthy, um, to be someone's top priority were all stories of the person who she was no longer with. He was very much alive, but they were no longer together. And it was really challenging until she started breaking them down into very small stories that were evidence of good and were more about, you know, this, this interaction that they had, this memory was a story she could use to say, oh, I can be treated this way. And that moved her forward. What observations have you had about the pandemic and the impact it's had on the kinds of self stories people are telling themselves? I mean, I would imagine there is a book that is just about self storytelling and the pandemic. Um, I do feel like there is, oh, there's so much mental fatigue um, from trying to, be our stay in a positive place or, or whatever it may be. Um, what I've observed is that people need now more than ever. Um, and over the past two years and going forward, it's a very valuable lesson to learn to, because I think what we've learned is that everything you expected or that you thought was just a given could at any moment be thrown up in the air and you have no idea which way is up. Right. And I think we logically knew that was possible. We've all had things just come out of left field and, and change the trajectory. Uh, but to have it happen on a global scale and now to have extended for such a long period of time, 
the observation when I first was doing the research for this book, it was at the beginning of 2021 and people were right at the end of 2020 actually. And then it wrapped up in the beginning of 2021. And what I found from the participants in the research was how desperately they needed to separate from the outside circumstances and take a really close look inward at who they are, what they're about, and what they can control. Um, and so I think it's a great practice. I think it's hard right now because we are all so mentally tired. Um, but I was, and in fact, I will say when I was writing the book and we had chosen the pub date in uh, 2022, there was a moment at the beginning of 2021, early on in the year, I was like, oh, oh man, everyone's going to be over it. Like everyone will have figured out their lives by 2022. <laughs> yeah. and we'll all be moving on. And I'm like, this, this book is going to be too late. And I'm really sad that I was, I mean, I'm uh, no, I am just sad that I was wrong about that. I wish that were the case, but I am hopeful that maybe right here, right now, this is exactly when people needed this message because there is so much choice involved in how you feel about who you are and what you do on a day-to-day -day basis. So if you're somebody who is listening and says, gosh, the pandemic is more inconvenient than it is a sad time for me. I haven't lost somebody. How should they kind of put, how should they file the pandemic in their mind? Should it be as a time when they're filled with gratitude or you know, they, it's easy to get annoyed. I mean, I know, yeah. you know, I think that this is the, this is the model that I've been using through the whole pandemic and it's, it's worked. Um, I am annoyed that I'm still having to use it. I really thought again, that we would be, we would be further along than we are right now. I've kind of accepted that I have no idea when we're going to feel normal, whatever normal is, but here's the advice I would give, whether it was, you know, March 20th, 2020 or March 20th, 2022, um, is recognizing where you are in a story can be extremely liberating. And what I mean by that is sometimes you're in the middle. And I think when it comes to the pandemic and the inconveniences, as you mentioned, on, on a large scale, I mean, there have been, there have been heartbreaks. Of course, losing lives is, is definitely heartbreaking, but there have been other heartbreaks that we've all experienced, things that we thought would happen. I mean, my holidays were just this, you know, just this past holiday, my whole family was coming to New York. We were going to celebrate here. We were all going to be together. And then my whole family, my husband, kids and I all got COVID and it all got canceled. And I was just like, what is, how is this still the reality? Um, but it's because we are still in the middle of the story and middles of stories are, they can be really scary. They, I mean, think about when you're in the middle of a really suspenseful movie. I try not to watch suspenseful movies because I hate the middle. I hate not knowing <laughs> what's gonna happen. Like I give me the rom-coms and, yeah. and I am, but, but that is, that's where we are. And, and I think the hardest thing now is that 
this middle has been two years, like it was easier to be in some ways easier to be like, whoa, what is going on right at the beginning, that first summer, whatever it was. Um, But to stay in a place of, you know, someday this is going to be a really interesting story to tell. And getting to that place and, and seeing it in that way makes you, even though of course you are a participant, it also gives you the additional role of being an observer. And there's more, it's more empowering to be an observer in some ways to be like, Ooh, okay. I'm going to take some notes on this. I'm going to take some notes on that. Um, So that's what I would recommend is know that we are still in the middle of this big story and not saying we're in the middle, like it's just kind of a general space. And there, are, yeah. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not Hopefully saying that it's four yeah. more years. Yeah. yeah. But, but we aren't at the point yet where we can put a period and say, ah, okay, that all makes sense. That story is wrapped up. And, and additionally, pandemic or some other area of your life, anytime the story isn't going the way you wanted it to go or that you thought it would go or that you hoped it would go. Going back to this, well, here I am in the middle. Let's see how this turns out. Um, I have found it's been a really valuable refrain. And you know, Kendra, our show is called Nobody Told Me and we always ask our guests, what is your nobody told me lessons. So what is it that nobody told you about self stories, storytelling, and the impact that all of that can have on our lives that you had to learn the hard way and you'd like to pass on to others? Yeah. Nobody told me that I would have to keep learning this, you know, like you kind of think you're, you, and I feel like whether you've written, you write a book or whatever it is, but like, you kind of think you write the book and it's, again, it's done. You get to put the period on it. You hold the book. You're like, whoo, okay, I got that figured out. Now on to the <laughs> next thing. And, and it just isn't that way. I uncovered a self story just the other day that was a doozy of a story. And I haven't even wrapped my head around it yet. Um, and I, I was... I mean, I was like, I can't believe that after all this two years of the research and the work and now now I'm seeing I mean, I found all these other but I think that's what nobody told me is that you're going to you're going to do this work and you're going to keep this work is going to keep doing you. Um, But I think that's a I think it's a good thing. It's I'm choosing now to tell myself the story that each new self story that is holding me back is revealing a deeper layer of myself and as a result, opening up a better opportunity to to go to a new positive place. I think this has to be my new favorite book and I would love for you to tell everybody how they can get it and how they can connect with you. So you can get the book almost wherever books are sold, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, you can go to bookshop.org and support a local bookstore that way. If you go to the website after you order the book and enter in your info, uh, the website is chooseyourstorychangerlife.com. I will actually send you a signature so you can have a signed copy, even if we've never met. Um 
You can also find me on social media. I'm on Instagram a lot at Kindra, K-I-N-D-R-A Hall. And Facebook, also my website is kindrahall.com. I have a weekly video that goes out every week so you can connect with me there. Well, Kendra, we thank you so very much for sharing your insight about stories. This has really been a a lot of fun and and it makes you think. Yeah, it really does. (laughs) It really does. does. Take a long journey. A long journey. (laughs) That's right. I'm all of a sudden, I'm like, I feel like I should have put a warning on this book. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. It was so great to, to have this conversation with you. Again, our thanks to Kendra Hall. Her newest book is called Choose Your Story, Change Your Life silence your inner critic and rewrite your life from the inside out. And again, her website is kindrahall.com. I'm Jan Black. And I'm Laura Owens. You're listening to Nobody Told Me. Thank you so much for joining us. 